that has also been <laughs> a wild adventure um, for anybody who, I, I guess before that I was aware of mental health, I was kind of mindful in my approach to my own mental health, but I had not sought the help of a mental health, mental health professional. another episode of doing the most in misadventures of entrepreneurship i'm your host georgie and today we have ada chen here with us and she's going to be telling us her story and her adventures and misadventures of being an entrepreneur uh ada can you go ahead and give us an introduction of who you are your background and kind of what your business does yeah thank you so much for having me uh like you said my name is ada chen i currently live in Denver, although I'm originally from the East Coast. And I grew up kind of always knowing I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but not really knowing what that meant. Um, no one in my immediate family had run their own business. They all worked for other people. So I kind of went down the traditional path of, you know, college, job after. I worked in tech for a while. And it was really um, two things that kind of forced me to actually take the dive into entrepreneurship because I'd been putting it off and putting it off. And it was um, one that my job ironically wouldn't let me move when my partner had to relocate for his his entire company moved. And wow. we were in it for the long haul. And they were like, you can't go remote. Sorry. Even though I worked for an Australian tech company and most of the people <laughs> I interacted with were in Australia every day, they had they couldn't place anything on a map here. Um, and so that was right before COVID ironically, and then COVID happened, um, and my dad fell and got sick and I became his primary caregiver because immigrant parents, firstborn daughter, divorced parents, what are you going to do? You're in charge. <laughs> Basically <laughs> your job it. Now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've had multiple people just guess within like 15 seconds of meeting me. They're like, you're the firstborn daughter. I'm like, yeah. How did, how did you know? <laughs> I'm also a firstborn daughter too so an immigrant yeah so all the boxes checked definitely understand where you're coming from you are like the translator you're the paperwork Mm -hmm. person you make all the decisions that you kind of just inform people or now (laughs) I've learned to just inform people (laughs) indeed indeed and um, yeah, so my dad got sick. I hadn't, I had planned on taking kind of a sabbatical, if you will, to figure it out mm-hmm. and be in my house locked up. Um, and then he got sick like eight weeks into me doing that. And it immediately became, well, mm-hmm. that's my job now. And while I was doing that, I just forgot to take care of myself. I really let it all kind of go. (laughs) I I wasn't eating well. I wasn't sleeping well. I wasn't exercising. There was a pandemic raging and uh, my body kind of just rebelled at a certain point. And I realized that was the forcing function to kind of pull me back and make me realize that in order to be an effective caregiver, whether you're caring for a parent or you're caring for, you know, other family members, children, loved ones, friends, you still have to be able to take care of yourself first to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. And so I started tinkering a bit with skincare because that's where a lot of my issues actually really came up. And I had been always kind of like a hobbyist on the side, never selling anything, just doing it for myself for the past few years before that. And when this happened, it was so bad that I was like, well, I really need to figure out how to get my skin 
back under control. I was like breaking out super sensitive. It was a new climate for me. And my skin was just losing its own mind. Like I, <laughs> I could not tell you what it was doing and thinking and everything I tried from like target to all the way, the most expensive products in Sephora weren't working, which is why I was tinkering. And I was talking to some friends who were also into skincare and they were like, you know, if it's really it at that point, I'd figured out what worked. They're like, if it's really working, you should just see if someone would buy it on the internet. And I was like, oh, yeah, I have the skills to do that. That makes sense. I know how to put up a website and sell things online. Why not? And um, that's how Chuan's Promise, my natural skincare business, was born. And the, the name comes from Chuan was my dad's middle name. So unfortunately, um, about nine months after he was in the hospital, he passed. Um, and he was always very entrepreneurial, despite never being an entrepreneur himself. And so that's kind of where I got the bug from. And uh, the promise part is that he, I don't know if this applies to all immigrant families, but (laughs) specifically for him, um, he had come from Taiwan in the eighties, met my mom here also from Taiwan, and they don't really know how to say the word goodbye or bye. And so when he would say bye to me, whenever I would take him to a meal or take him grocery shopping or take him to the doctor, he would just say, take care of yourself. Okay. And then like wave at me and wave me off. (laughs) And I was like, oh, like he was kind of asking me to promise to do that because he, you know, was afraid for the me and the world, the big, scary world. But he also really genuinely like wanted to make sure that I was taking care of and taking care of myself. So Nice. I think that's a very beautiful and wholesome story of like, you know, the world kind of your world changing before the entire world changed and then your world changing again after your um take while taking care of your dad and then then him passing away and then kind of making like you said this promise and continuing to take care of yourself using the skincare and so now I want to talk a little bit about you know where is the business going now so you know you started this business um you know, is it just you? Uh, how do you manufacture? Like, what what has this journey been like for you? Oh my gosh! When you say misadventures, it's really that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know a lot of people started businesses during the pandemic. I obviously am one of them. I've learned so much. Um, it is still currently just me. I'm hoping that by the end of the year, I bring at least some part time help on because it's just a lot <laughs> to manage and. Um, by the time this airs, I should be in my first warehouse production space, which is really exciting right now, right? It's all, it's all kind of me running back and forth in my house and (laughs) all of my equipment and stuff is basically when I do production, I have to clean and sanitize like a whole floor of my house. And so I can't use my kitchen for two days. It becomes a whole production. And it's at the point where my machinery is taking over my dining room table and we're getting a little testy about that with my partner and he was like maybe maybe this is a sign that like if it's going well enough that you need the space you should just go get the space so Mm -hmm. uh, I signed a lease and we are moving in Um, right now I sell primarily through my own website tronspromise.com but I also have started wholesaling to retailers and online marketplaces so that's been really interesting to just kind of learn what that whole dynamic is like because sometimes I'm selling to other small business owners which is like amazing and I want to do what I can to make sure that my product sells through in their business and we both benefit and then other times I'm out here like 
pitching big online marketplaces with hundreds of thousands of users, millions of users and being like, you really want my product on there because it's at a good price point, it's inclusive and it's sustainable. And by the way, I don't include all these things that are not good for you in the, in the product. (laughs) And they're like, "Uh, I don't know yet. And so it's been really interesting to kind of get into that and figure out like packaging, honestly, and supply chain stuff. Like those are things I never would have had to imagine would be part of my day job, but here I am stocking my packages (laughs) and my freight packages to get here in time so that I can shoot the product, edit the photos, or have someone do that and then have them on my website or my Instagram and kind of keep that going. Um, And since I, I guess I used to work in marketing, so it, that part is probably the part that comes easiest to me, just understanding like the importance of content, repurposing content and, and paid spend versus organic and all of that stuff. Like, I will say that is the one part of my old job that I have taken, <laughs> but everything else is new. Nice. And I love how you've been able to adapt like your previous skills to allow you to even get started. Like you said, you knew how to build a website, you knew how to do marketing, how to get people out there. Um, but then, you know, got curious about how to get the right packaging and building this out. So what are some of the tools that you've been using to learn these things, you know? Um, and it doesn't have to be nothing too crazy, but just like, how did you start figuring out what you didn't know? A lot of trial and error. Um, there's a running joke in my friend group. We would take a you know, week, weekend walks around our neighborhood because that was what was okay to do. And every weekend I'd be like, I'm changing my packaging. And they'd be like, again. <laughs> and so I learned that you you have two options, basically. Like you can go the custom route, which is what a lot of big brands that you'll see in any big box retailer do. They have custom printed everything, boxes, labels, all that thing. Then you can do like the kind of DIY route, which like (laughs) totally works and is totally valid. And I've seen so many people, I've met so many local um, business owners who, and entrepreneurs who do that. And like their business is, is doing fantastic and they're still doing it all themselves. And that's wild. I'm somewhere in between right now where I started with that DIY and kind of, if you look at my tech background, it makes sense because I was building like a minimum viable product to see if someone would buy it. So it was like, what jars can I buy and slap a label on? And like, it still looks kind of good, but hasn't cost me an arm and a leg to get it all custom printed and takes all this lead time to now where I'm like, okay, that works for certain products like oils. I'm not, I don't have the buying capability yet to buy 10,000 bottles that are custom printed. That's Mm -hmm. just not somewhere where I'll be for a little bit. So what's the best thing I can do then? And that's buy like, you know, pre-portioned out bottles of the size that I need with the closures that I need and designing the label myself and working with the label company to make sure that it prints correctly and the barcode mm-hmm. reads okay. And so that when I'm sending it out, like, you know, the font's not too small, so you can't read what's on <laughs> So just like hacking it and, you know, finding a comfortable midway because you need a little bit more of that support, but you also still need a little bit of the customizations um, as you're scaling. So that that is very smart and strategic. And what I want to talk about now is, you know, you mentioned coming from like this immigrant background, coming from um, parents who wanted to, you know, they, they came from another country to come here. And um, I'm not sure if you still have your mom around or um, if you were, if the official start of your business was before your dad passed on, 
but what did your parents think of uh, when you told them like, hey, so I'm going to put my nice market, you know, you didn't, uh, you, the marketing job isn't working out, but I'm going to go ahead and pursue this thing that I used to do as a passion or like a hobby. And hey, I'm going to, that's going to be my life's work. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know if this is how your parents were about it too, but um I started when my dad was already in the hospital and um, we think that he kind of understood what was going on. I don't know how much of it that he got that oh. I was starting this. So, but I remember one of our last conversations, I was explaining to him like, no, I don't have a job job, you know, nine to five anymore, but I'm getting married, I think to this guy and um, he's on, I'm on his health insurance already. Like we're domestic <laughs> partners. It's fine. I'm covered on that front. Like, I'll figure it out. I was like, I have savings. I will figure it out. Don't worry. And he, of course, worried. Um, my mom was kind of, my mom is still around. She actually lives pretty close to me. She was kind of, she's always been a little bit of like a free spirit. And oh. she was like, well, I'm sure you'll figure it out. And if you don't figure it out, you can always go and suck it up and get another job, um, which was kind of the motto. But um, I think now that I've kind of been at it for a little longer. She's come to accept that my schedule isn't a nine to five and she can't just come drop off things at my house and expect me to be around <laughs> because I might be at the post office or like, you know, looking at a supplier or touring spaces. And she's that kind of took a little bit more for her to really understand because all her context was either you go to your job you know, whatever hours you work, she has a shift work-based job. So you work your shift and then you go home or you're a knowledge worker. You work nine to five in your home. So you are home. And so being somewhere kind of in between the two, between she that, had a, yeah. yeah, she was like, it was wrapping her head around that was like very difficult. <laughs> <laughs> yes, totally get that. That was definitely a learning curve for uh, my family as well. It's like, you're home. Why aren't you available? And I'm like, I right. hope working full-time <laughs> like they'll okay. call you at 12 30 and be like can yeah. you chat like, I, I have 10 no. minutes because it's lunchtime but that's it <laughs> like I, why can't you just do this quick thing because I'm I'm working I meetings real work the same way you go to your work this is work um so that now it's a little bit better they still you know try, <laughs> they try me like oh it's the middle of the day but you have flexibility I don't I, was like, I don't have a pity party you could get a remote job if you want one do not do not do it I, I'm available after five don't do it <laughs> so you know we're getting close to the middle of our conversation and I want to ask you like you said a lot of this has been misadventure so I want to ask you do you want to share one of the specific misadventures that you went on of something that was just like totally caught you for a loop and just was unexpected on your entrepreneurial journey so probably about more than six months ago, almost a year, um, I started getting wholesale clients and that just was kind of organic through networking and starting to meet people and being like, Hey, I have this natural skincare line. You seem to really care about sustainability. I think our values are aligned. Would you want to carry my line in your store? And that was great, but I needed to start scaling that up, obviously, to kind of support the business and support myself. Mm -hmm. And part of that goes back to packaging. Like my packaging at the time was in jars, clear glass jars with labels. And 
um, or like metal tins. And I had made that specific choice not to use plastic because I didn't want to contribute to the plastic problem we have. And so I had those two options, but the problem was that they were really heavy and hard to ship because you have to wrap it to make sure it's not going to break. Break. Yeah. Right. Like God bless the the United States postal service, but oh man, they know how to break something. (laughs) (laughs) You really just, it's like, did you check it against the wall? I don't know what you did here. And so I had all those issues. I was like, I'm trying to find a better option to ship my products, not only to my like website customers, but also to my wholesale customers and make sure that it arrives intact so they can sell it. And it doesn't cost an arm and a leg to ship it because it's glass and it's heavy. And so I started looking into paper, which is kind of like a newer thing. It obviously like doesn't work with all of my products. So I started with liquid base. Yeah. You can't put a liquid in paper. (laughs) (laughs) One day someone will figure that out. Actually, there's like some cool experiments going on in that, but like that's for the giant corporations right now, not folks like me. And so I found paper tubes and I found this one woman who was supplying them out of Oregon and hers were compostable. You can do custom printing on them. They looked great. So I did a test order with them and it was under some old branding and it came out great and the products were selling really well. So I went in to do another one. And when I went in to do this like second order, it just so happened to be her rush season where she was just backed up because she also supports other entrepreneurs kind of of the same size as me. And so Mm -hmm. she was just backed up for a while. She had so much of a backlog to get through to print her tubes and mail them out to people. And my order kept getting changed because I wanted it to be perfect. And, you know, when you're DIYing it and you're like ordering small batches of labels and they come in a week or you're printing them yourself, like you can kind of do that change as you go but with these yeah I'm ordering like thousands of pieces at a time ahead for literally like up to a year and I can't you can't change it once it's printed and so the whole process just ended up taking almost twice as long as I thought it was going to be which then kind of put me off on other things and I just did not expect that that part of scaling up was gonna take so long and that learning that like I needed to have those done so that if I want to sell to like a big retailer I've already missed the boat let's say on like holiday 2022 mm-hmm. I need to be thinking about holiday 2023 right now which is like just crazy to wrap your head around like planning <laughs> that far in advance yeah yeah that definitely sounds crazy because like you said, different businesses, different seasons, when things ramp up, you have to just be mindful of all these different pieces. As And if you're not in the industry, you're just, if you're leveling up as you're leveling up, like growing pains, people say this all the time, growing pains are so, so real because, you know, you you operate as like the, the inter, you know, the novice level, the introductory level, there's problems there, absolutely. But when you're scaling and growing, when you actually have money and resources and things and people and team and all that, there's a whole other batch of problems that start existing that you're just like, well, why, why, why is this even a problem? Like, why, what, what is happening right now? So that definitely um, resonates with growing pains and, um, you know, having to figure out and work through this. So now I want to ask you about, like, as you're going through this, you know, you've experienced a lot. So from 
um, the disconnection with your previous employer, then the process of becoming a caregiver for your father and then him ultimately passing away and now starting a business and all these craziness that's happening. How do you manage and maintain your mental health through all of it? That has also been a wild adventure um, for anybody who, I, I guess before that I was aware of mental health, I was kind of mindful in my approach to my own mental health, but I had not sought the help of a mental health, mental health professional. And it was really a few months after my dad had passed and I was gearing up to caregive for my mom. Um, she had breast cancer and she went through the whole treatment process and I was here wow. driving her around. Um, that's when I really like hit a breaking point. I was like, it's been over a year of this just caregiving being a lot of my life. And I can't, you know, I had that realization as I was starting the business, like taking care of yourself is important, but I hadn't necessarily extended myself the grace to do that. And so Mm -hmm. I found a therapist. She is wonderful and lovely. I highly recommend finding a therapist that works with you and understands you and, and tries to be you know, truly an advocate for you and and works with you in the way that you want to work um, Mm -hmm. on your own mental health. So that's been one. Um, The other is just honestly diving into a lot of um, grief support for me in particular, but for other folks, it might be, you know, whatever you are working on. Um, There are tons of resources. Thank you to the internet Um, and the (laughs) library. Like, honestly, if you don't want to buy a book or you're an entrepreneur and you're bootstrapping your business, you're like, do, do I spend this 20 bucks on this book? Go to the library. <laughs> library has it for free. Um, and I've been kind of like digging deep on those resources as well. Um, and I think for me, talking about it has helped mm-hmm. um, with other people and just educating people. So when we are in the depths of caregiving hell is how the nice way to put it. I was taking notes the whole time because that's kind of a, a, a requirement of the job. <laughs> and I just mined those notes later because it was cathartic for me to share the information that I had learned with other people so that I would know that like, hey, this was super painful for me, but I can help other people. Um, and I would say like, there is an element of self-care and taking care of yourself that like, requires you to be conscious of it and to to actively do that and I think a lot of the time we're sold this like very whitewashed self-care goopy nonsense on the internet where it's like self-care Sunday just you know give yourself a spa day go for a mani-pedi like that'll solve all your problems and you're like Uh oh a mani-pedi is not going to solve all my problems (laughs) it'll make you feel good It, it is taking care of yourself but there's that's just the surface literally right, the right. massage the surface the nails the surface can you how deep can you get is your heart working and right. i'm not talking about an ekg i'm talking about <laughs> real like are you okay in there yeah and like i think we we get caught up in that a lot of times and i even still get caught up in that but i think that true self-care means understanding what you need when you need it and being able to advocate for yourself and set boundaries for yourself to get that whether that means like, I just need a five minute break every Wednesday at five. And I need to tell all my friends and family, like, Hey, Wednesday at five, five minutes, don't bother me. Five Oh six come at me. Or, you know, it's something longer or, you know, takes more time. Um, 
that's just personal and different to everyone. And I think for me, I can tell you that like I've discovered that physical activity that requires my hands or feet, like running or, you know, a hit video on that I stream for YouTube or like sewing or crafting, those kinds of things that require me to disengage and unplug and not look at my phone for a bit but allow me to keep doing things with my body and just kind of release the pressure of whatever sitting on my shoulders has been super helpful. And that's part of my self-care routine. And it's different for everyone. Like I'm not telling you to go run a marathon tomorrow. That's (laughs) that's probably like the least advisable thing to do. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much for being so transparent and honest and raw with it, because I think, you know, we we see the like again the social media version of it is just like oh yeah I'm on a boat and I'm having a good time in the sun and I am taking a swimming lesson <laughs> you know with my nails done and there's like leaves in my background and it's that person may be going through it because they're not really doing the deeper work um you know taking space and like you said setting those boundaries building better habits within yourself and for yourself for the longevity of your life so thank you so much for being honest and transparent about your experience um we are now coming to the end of the show and i'd love for you to share a piece of advice you know motivation and some inspiration just some piece of advice that you want the audience to take with them as they leave this episode oh i mean you're all about getting shit done and so (laughs) That's been, that's definitely been a theme in my professional life, whether it's like working for other people or in entrepreneurship. I think my piece of advice coming out of everything I've experienced in the last two plus years is that the best thing you can do for yourself and your family is to have hard conversations about what you want. And whether that means like, hey, that, you know, having that conversation of like, hey, I'm going to leave my job and go do this thing or hey, I'm starting a side project at while I'm at my job. And eventually that side project's going to pay me enough that I can leave this job or it's the more nitty gritty, like what are your advanced directive end of life wishes and, you know, where's your stuff at? Like literally, yeah. like where's your money at? What's all that paperwork look like? I think, um. For me, a lot of the caregiving process was sorting through that because we hadn't had those conversations. And I think that's like very common, especially if you're an entrepreneur and you're too busy to do it. Okay. If you come from an immigrant family like I do, especially if you come from a non-white background, like if you are any person of color, your family is in deep, deep denial that you we will all eventually one day pass. And I think what happens is when we're in denial, we don't prepare those things. And what happens Mm -hmm. is the next generation gets saddled with figuring that out. And that actually blocks us from being successful entrepreneurs. Like I will always love my dad, unconditional love, but um, he didn't have his stuff figured out. And I had to spend a lot of time that I could have been spending on working on myself or working on my business, working on sorting through his paperwork and, and filing it and scanning 20 years of paper documents. And so if there was one thing that I would tell people who are either currently entrepreneurs or thinking about doing it is make sure that if you want to dedicate yourself to your business, that you've got all your other stuff squared away so that if shit hits the fan, you're prepared and it doesn't derail the rest of your life and the rest of your business, because it's a lot of time and money and energy. And I just don't think anybody else should have to deal with that. Like if you can get ahead of it, it's so much easier to get ahead of it. 
and have those hard conversations, like the hard conversations aren't easy, but they do pay off in the end. You might not just see it for, you know, hopefully years. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I definitely get that. You know, as somebody that recently, you know, recently did things like um, life insurance, will, and all that. Yes. Like, people are just like, why are you doing it so young? And I'm just like, why not? You know what I mean? I want to not have to even think about this. I want this to be on such autopilot. Like I'm, I signed up for something that's going to be 40 years long. And I think that's kind of a promise to myself, like, oh, I'm going to be here in these 40 years, one. And secondly, I don't want to have to think about this when I get to that point. You know, I want to really enjoy and reap the benefits of just like existing or doing what's next versus, oh, this is where I, what I could have, should have, would have done or um, reminiscing on that, like just not having these hard conversations because they are hard. But, you know, I think if anybody and I think we've all have have had at least one hard conversation or one unpleasant conversation. But after the moment of that conversation, you just feel so light and free oh, yeah. and like like literally like you can fly and so you know give yourself that those, those wings give yourself that strength and release the weight of the heaviness that the hard conversation is weighing you down with so thank you so much for sharing that advice um folks if you are watching this episode on youtube or listening on um on the podcast definitely check the show notes as well as the description below to get more information about ada and her brand and definitely get some of her skincare if it is a fit for you definitely check it out as well as some social media handles uh follow 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 um and thank you so much Ada, for being here with us and sharing your story and just opening up and just connecting and of what it is really like to be an entrepreneur out here doing the most getting stuff done and what that looks like on the back end not just on like the oh yeah my, I've got warehouses <laughs> and I got these all these great things are happening but behind the curtain there's also a lot happening so thank you so much for um, allowing us to explore that today <laughs>